0: chapter 6 of miss marchbanks this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by michelle crandall miss marchbanks by mrs ullifant chapter 6 tom marchbanks arrived that night according to the doctor's expectation He arrived with that curious want of adaptation to the circumstances which characterized the young man, at an hour which put Nancy entirely out, and upset the equanimity of the kitchen for twenty-four hours at least. He came, if any one can conceive of such an instance of carelessness, by the nine o'clock train, just as they had finished putting to rights downstairs. After this, Miss Marchbanks's conclusion, that the fact of the Carlingford Assizes occurring a day or two after her arrival, when, as yet, she was not so fully prepared to take advantage of them, was so like Tom, may be partially understood. And, of course, he was furiously hungry, and could have managed perfectly to be in time for dinner, if he had not missed the train at Didcot Junction, by some wonderful blunder of the railway people, which never could have occurred, but for his unlucky presence among the passengers." Lucilla took Thomas apart, and sent him downstairs with the most conciliatory message. "'Tell Nancy not to put herself about, but to send up something cold, the cold pie or anything she can find handy. "'Tell her I am so vexed, but it is just like Mr. Tom, and he never knows what he is eating,' said Miss Marchbanks. "'As for Nancy, the sweetness did not subdue her in the least. She said, "'I'll thank Miss Lucilla to mind her own business.' the cold pies for master's breakfast, I ain't such a goose as not to know what to send upstairs, and that Thomas can tell her if he likes. In the meantime, the doctor was in the drawing-room, much against his will, with the two young people, spinning about the room and looking at Lucilla's books and knick-knacks on the tables by way of covering his impatience. He wanted to carry off Tom, who was rather a favorite, to his own den downstairs where the young man's supper was to be served but, at the same time, Dr. Marchbanks could not deny that Lucilla had a right to the greetings and homage of her cousin. He could not help thinking on the whole, as he looked at the two, what a much more sensible arrangement it would have been if he had had the boy, instead of his sister, who had been a widow for ever so long, and no doubt had spoiled her son, as women always do, and then Lucilla might have passed under the sway of Mrs. Marchbanks, who no doubt would have known how to manage her, thus the doctor mused with that sense of mild amazement at the blunders of providence which so many people experience and without any idea that mrs marchbanks would have found a task a great deal beyond her powers in the management of lucilla as for tom he was horribly hungry having found as was to be expected no possible means of lunching at didcot but at the same time he was exhilarated by lucilla's smile and delighted to think of having a week, at least, to spend in her society. "'I don't think I ever saw you looking so well,' he was saying, "'and you know my opinion generally on that subject,' to which Lucilla responded in a way to wither all the germs of sentiment in the bud. "'What subject?' she said. "'My looks? I am sure they can't be interesting to you. You are as hungry as ever you can be, and I can see it in your eyes. Papa, he is famishing.' and I don't think he can contain himself any longer. Do take him downstairs, and let him have something to eat. For myself, Lucilla continued in a lower tone, it is my duty that keeps me up. You know it has always been the object of my life to be a comfort to Papa. Come along, Tom, said the doctor. Don't waste your time philandering when your supper is ready. And Dr. Marjoribanks led the way downstairs, leaving Tom, who followed him, in a state of great curiosity, to know what secret oppression it might be under which his cousin was supported by her duty naturally his thoughts reverted to a possible rival some one whom the sensible doctor would have nothing to say to and his very ears grew red with excitement at this idea but notwithstanding he ate a very satisfactory meal in the library where he had to answer all sorts of questions tom had his tray at the end of the table And the doctor, who had, according to his hospitable old-fashioned habit, taken a glass of claret to keep him company, sat in his easy-chair between the fire and the table, and sipped his wine, and admired its colour and purity in the light, and watched with satisfaction the excellent meal his nephew was making. He asked him all about his prospects, and what he was doing, which Tom replied to with the frankest confidence. He was not very fond of work, nor were his abilities anything out of the common. But, at the present moment, Tom saw no reason why he should not gain the wool sack in time, and Dr. Marchbanks gave something like a sigh as he listened, and wondered much what Providence could be thinking of not to give him the boy. Lucilla, meantime, was very much occupied upstairs. She had the new house made up, nominally, to give her instructions about Mr. Tom's room, but really to take the covers off the chairs, and see how they looked when the room was lighted up, But the progress of decay had gone too far to stand that trial. After all, the chintz, though none of the freshest, was the best. When the gentleman came upstairs, which Tom, to the doctor's disgust, insisted on doing, Lucilla was found in the act of pacing the room. Pacing, not in the sentimental sense of making a little promenade up and down, but in the homely practical signification, with a view of measuring, that she might form an idea how much carpet was required. Lucilla was tall enough to go through this process without any great drawback in point of grace, the long step giving rather a tragedy queen effect to her handsome but substantial person, and long sweeping dress. She stopped short, however, when she saw them, and withdrew to the sofa, on which she had established her throne, and there was a little air of conscious pathos on her face, as she sat down, which impressed her companions. As for Tom, he instinctively felt that it must have something to do with that mystery under which Lucilla was supported by her duty, and the irrelevant young man conceived immediately a violent desire to knock the fellow down, whereas there was no fellow at all in the case, unless it might be Mr. Holden the upholsterer, whose visits Miss Marchbanks would have received with greater enthusiasm at this moment than those of the most eligible eldest son in England. And then she gave a little pathetic sigh. "'What were you doing, Lucilla?' said her father, "'rehearsing Lady Macbeth, I suppose. "'At least you looked exactly like it when we came into the room.' "'No, Papa,' said Lucilla sweetly. "'I was only measuring to see how much carpet we should want. "'And that, you know, and Tom's coming made me think of old times. "'You are so much downstairs in the library that you don't feel it. "'But a lady has to spend her life in the drawing-room. "'And then, I always was so domestic.' "'It does not matter what is outside, I always find my pleasure at home. "'I cannot help it if it has a little effect upon my spirits now and then,' "'said Miss Marchbanks, looking down upon her handkerchief, "'to be always surrounded with things that have such associations.' "'What associations?' said the amazed doctor. "'To be sure, he had not forgotten his wife, but it was four years ago, "'and he had got used to her absence from her favourite sofa.' and on the whole, in that particular, had acquiesced in the arrangements of providence. Really, Lucilla, I don't know what you mean. No, papa, said Miss Marchbanks, with resignation, I know you don't, and that is what makes it so sad. But talking of new carpets, you know, I had such an adventure to-day that I must tell you, quite one of my adventures, the very luckiest thing. It happened when I was out walking. I heard a voice out of a house in Grove Street, just the very thing to go with my voice, That is not a thing that happens every day, said Lucilla, for all the masters have always told me that my voice was something quite by itself. When I heard it, though it was in Grove Street, and all the people about, I could have danced for joy. It was a man's voice, I suppose, suggested Tom Marchbanks, in gloomy tones, and the doctor added in his cynical way, It's a wonderful advantage to be so pleased about trifles. What number was it? For my part, I have not many patients in Grove Street," said Dr. Marchbanks. I would find a voice to suit you in another quarter if I were you." "'Dear Papa, it's such a pity that you don't understand,' said Lucilla compassionately. It turned out to be Barbara Lake, for, of course, I went in directly and found out. I never heard a voice that went so well with mine. If Miss Marchbanks did not go into raptures over the Contralto on its own merits, it was not from any jealousy, of which, indeed, she was incapable but simply because its adaptation to her own seemed to her, by far, its most interesting quality, and, indeed, almost the sole claim it had to consideration from the world. "'Barbara Lake,' said the doctor, "'there's something in that. If you can do her any good, or get her teaching or anything—I have a regard for poor Lake, poor little fellow. He's kept up wonderfully since his wife died, and nobody expected it of him.' Dr. Marchbanks continued, with a momentary dreary recollection of the time when the poor woman took farewell of her children, which, indeed, was the next day after that on which his own wife, who had nobody in particular to take farewell of, faded out of her useless life. "'Yes,' said Lucilla, "'I mean her to come here and sing with me. But then one needs to organize a little first. I am nineteen. How long is it since you were married, papa?' Two and twenty years.' said the doctor abruptly. He did not observe the strangeness of the question, because he had been thinking for the moment of his wife, and perhaps his face was a trifle graver than usual, though neither of his young companions thought of remarking it. To be sure, he was not a young man even when he married, but on the whole, perhaps something more than this perfect comfort and respectability, and those nice little dinners, had seemed to shine on his horizon when he brought home his incapable bride. Two and twenty years!' exclaimed Lucilla. I don't mind talking before Tom, for he is one of the family. The things are all the same as they were when Mamma came home, though I am sure nobody would believe it. I think it is going against providence for my part. Nothing was ever intended to last so long, except the things the Jews, poor souls, wore in the desert, perhaps. Papa, if you have no objection, I should like to choose the colors myself. There is a great deal in choosing colors that go well with one's complexion people think of that for their dresses but not for their rooms which are of so much more importance i should have liked blue but blue gets so soon tawdry i think said miss marjoribanks rising and looking at herself seriously in the glass that i have enough complexion at present to venture upon a pale spring green this little calculation which a timid young woman would have taken care to do by herself lucilla did publicly with her usual discrimination the doctor who had looked a little grim at first could not but laugh when he saw the sober look of care and thought with which miss marchbanks examined her capabilities in the glass it was not so much the action itself that amused her father as the consummate ability of the young revolutionary dr marchbanks was scotch and had a respect for talent in every development as is natural to his nation he did not even give his daughter the credit for sincerity which she deserved but set it all to the score of her genius which was complimentary, certainly, in one point of view, but the fact was that Lucilla was perfectly sincere, and that she did what was natural to her under guidance of her genius, so as always to be in good fortune, just as Tom Marchbanks, under the guidance of his, brought discredit even upon those eternal ordinances of English government which fixed the time of the Carlingford Assizes. Lucilla was quite in earnest in thinking that the colour of the drawing-room was an important matter, and, that a woman of sense, had very good reason for suiting it to her complexion, an idea which accordingly she proceeded to develop and explain. For one can change one's dress, said Miss Marchbanks, as often as one likes, at least as often, you know, as one has dresses to change, but the furniture remains the same. I am always a perfect guy, whatever I wear, when I sit against a red curtain. You men say that "'A woman always knows when she's good-looking, but I am happy to say I know when I look a guy. "'What I mean is a delicate pale green, papa. "'For my part, I think it wears just as well as any other colour, "'and all the painters say it is the very thing for pictures. "'The carpet, of course, would be a darker shade. "'And as for the chairs, it is not at all necessary to keep to one colour. "'Both red and violet go beautifully with green, you know.' I am sure Mr. Holden and I could settle all about it without giving you any trouble. "'Who told you, Lucilla?' said the doctor, that I meant to refurnish the house. He was even a little angry at her boldness, but at the same time he was so much amused and pleased in his heart to have so clever a daughter that all the tones that could produce terror were softened out of his voice. "'I never heard that was the sort of thing that a man had to do for his daughter,' said Dr. Marchbanks and i would like to know what i should do with all that finery when you get married as i suppose you will by and by and leave me alone in the house ah that is the important question said tom as usual it was tom's luck but then when there did happen to be a moment when he ought to be silent the unfortunate fellow could not help but speak perhaps i may marry some time said miss marchbanks with composure it would be foolish you know to make any engagements but that will depend greatly upon how you behave, and how Carlingford behaves, papa. I give myself ten years here, if you should be very good. By twenty-nine I shall be going off a little, and perhaps it may be tiring for anything I can tell. Ten years is a long time, and naturally, in the meantime, I want to look as well as possible. Stop a minute, I forgot to put down the number of paces for the length. Tom, please do it over again for me. Of course, your steps are a great deal longer than mine." "'Tom is tired,' said the doctor, "'and there are no new carpets coming out of my pockets. "'Besides, he's going to bed, and I'm going downstairs to the library. "'We may as well bid you good-night.' "'These words, however, were addressed to deaf ears. "'Tom, as was natural, had started immediately to obey Lucilla, as he was in duty bound. "'And the old doctor looked on with a little amazement, and a little amusement, recognizing with something of the surprise which that discovery always gives to fathers and mothers that his visitor cared twenty times more for what lucilla said than for anything that his superior wisdom could suggest he would have gone off and left them as a couple of young fools if it had not occurred to him all at once that since this sort of thing had begun the last person in the world that he would choose to see dancing attendance on his daughter was tom marchbanks oddly enough though he had just been finding fault with Providence for not giving him a son instead of a daughter, he was not at all delighted nor grateful when Providence put before him this simple method of providing himself with the son he wanted. He took a great deal too much interest in Tom Marchbanks to let him do anything so foolish. And as for Lucilla, the idea that after all her accomplishments and her expensive education, and her year on the continent, she should marry a man who had nothing disgusted the doctor he kept his seat accordingly though he was horribly bored by the drawing-room and its claims and wanted very much to return to the library and get into his slippers and his dressing-gown it was rather a pretty picture on the whole which he was regarding lucilla perhaps with a view to this discussion had put on green ribbons on the white dress which she always wore in the evening and her tawny curls and fresh complexion carried off triumphantly that difficult colour perhaps a critical observer might have said that her figure was a little too developed and substantial for those vestal robes but then miss marchbanks was young and could bear it she was standing by not far from the fire on the other side of the doctor looking on anxiously while tom measured the room with his long steps I never said you were to stride, said Lucilla. Take moderate steps, and don't be so silly. I was doing it myself famously if you had not come in and interrupted me. It is frightful to belong to a family where the men are so stupid, said Miss Marchbanks, with a sigh of real distress. For, to be sure, the unlucky Tom immediately bethought himself to take small steps like those of a lady, which all but threw him on his well-formed, though meaningless nose. Lucilla shook her head with an exasperated look and contracted her lips with disdain, as he passed her on his ill-omened career. Of course, he came right up against the little table, on which she had with her own hand arranged a bouquet of geraniums and mignonette. "'It is what he always does,' she said to the doctor calmly, as Tom arrived at that climax of his fate, and the look with which she accompanied these words, as she rang the bell smartly and promptly, mollified the doctor's heart.' "'I can tell you the size of the room, if that is all you want,' said Dr. Marchbanks. "'I suppose you mean to give parties, and drive me out of my senses with dancing and singing. No, Lucilla, you must wait till you get married. That will never do for me.' "'Dear Papa,' said Lucilla sweetly, "'it is so dreadful to hear you say parties. Everybody knows that the only thing I care for in life is to be a comfort to you, and as for dancing, I saw at once that was out of the question.' "'Dancing is all very well,' said Miss Marchbanks thoughtfully, "'but it implies quantities of young people, "'and young people can never make what I call society. "'It is evenings I mean to have, Papa. "'I am sure you want to go downstairs, "'and I suppose Tom would think it civil to sit with me, "'though he is tired. "'So I will show you a good example, "'and Thomas can pick up the table and the flowers at his leisure.' "'Good-night, Papa,' said Lucilla, "'giving him her round, fresh cheek to kiss.' she went out of the room with a certain triumph feeling that she had fully signified her intentions which is always an important matter anne shook hands in a condescending way with tom who had broken his shins in a headlong rush to open the door she looked at him with an expression of mild despair and shook her head again as she accorded him that little sign of amity if you only would look a little where you are going said miss marjoribanks perhaps she meant the words to convey an allegorical as well as a positive meaning as so many people have been found out to do, and then she pursued her peaceful way upstairs. As for the doctor, he went off to his library, rubbing his hands, glad to be released, and laughing softly at his nephew's abashed looks. She knows how to put him down, at least, the doctor said to himself, well pleased, and he was so much amused by his daughter's superiority to the vulgar festivity of parties, that he almost gave in to the idea of refurnishing the drawing-room to suit Lucilla's complexion. He rubbed his hands once more over the fire, and indulged in a little laugh all by himself over that original idea. "'So it is evenings she means to have,' said the doctor, and, to be sure, nothing could be more faded than the curtains, and there were bits of the carpet in which the pattern was scarcely discernible, so that, on the whole, up to this point there seemed to be a reasonable prospect that Lucilla would have everything her own way.' End of chapter six, recorded by Michelle Crandall, Fremont, California, November 2008.